What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Jacobs is a loser. He's a rap bastard. <laughs> yeah, I'm Ethan is a hero. <laughs> yeah, Ethan is a hero. All right. Like we let's... said last week, we stand a short king. We stand a short king. I don't think he's that short, though. Like, honestly, he's not. On stage, he looks tall as fuck. No, we looked it up. He's like 5'7, I think. Awesome. Not, to, not yeah. to like. I don't, shame. Be, I don't want to be down on him. No, he's uh, a hero. Anyway, but he is a. I he's think, a hero. I think he qualifies as a short king. He's a medium height hero. Okay, he's a, <laughs> a, a, an average height. No, king. we need to pop some champagne and pour one out for Lexi Howard, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, and... absolutely. Okay, go. Oh fuck! There that was it loud. Is. Woo! Yeah. All right. Listen to that yeah, pour. The Listen Drinking, to uh, that champagne Lexi's pour. Red curtain razors. Tonight. Yeah, on our Instagram, we posted a new cocktail we made tonight in honor of Lexi's play. We finally upped our game and sourced some cooks. We realized it's really fucking stupid that we never made like cocktail recipes per episode. We're so dumb for not doing themed cocktails. I know. All we we're have good at to. Is drinking, so. Well, thank God season three is renewed because we can do that. We can do it then. I'm uh, hesitant to even say we're good at drinking because our recipes may be uh, hit or miss. Good at but drinking. More, we're uh, great at drinking. You mean well, good at making drinks? Yes. Okay. So we're great at drinking. We're also good at making <laughs> drinks. We're just on a budget. So our drink recipes uh, may be uh, yeah, a little rough of moderate quality, but it's not because of a lack of taste, just resources. No. And anything with cooks is great, but let's cheers to the play. Yeah, to our life. <laughs> to our life. <laughs> to our life by Lexi Howard. Also, honestly, like, cheers to Maude Apatow. She, she fucking killed that episode. Like, yeah. absolutely just, like, blew me away. Like, I, yeah. I knew she could act already, obviously, like, but, wow, she just, like, really did such a good job. Yeah, fantastic. So cute. That's another... 
super super solid episode like, she's so heartwarming to watch on screen too like you're just rooting for her likeable. so hard in this episode yeah i like her a lot she's a uh, very very likable this was a real like revenge of the nerds episode for her yeah well, for everyone for yeah and it, did you feel like you're in her high school like student were you like feeling yourself out <laughs> you like wished my high school was like this no but i mean like were you feeling like like when she was talking about high school and stuff and like one day i'm gonna be like the best and like everyone else is gonna suck <laughs> were you feeling your inner high school moments <laughs> i never like necessarily like felt like i wanted that but i did like relate to her in like other ways as being like you know just always like on the like periphery yeah um, no, you're not really like that, but I was, like, thinking of you, because even if you're not actually, like, manifesting that or saying that out loud, I could see you being like, God, I'm so over this. Like, one day I'm just going to be so much cooler than all these other people. Yeah, and high school was a lot of, like, just sitting on the edge, like, watching everyone and, like, hating them, and in my head, like, dreaming of, like, what she does. Like, just... Dreaming of a better just future. Just everyone, like aggressively and look at you now living in new york city with a fat tabby cat named meatball with a podcast Mm -hmm. about hbo's euphoria look at you go alex look at you go you're just like the little lexi howard living the dream (laughs) alex howard (laughs) speaking of uh speaking of meatball um there was a we received a review recently where someone recommended that i be replaced or that we be joined by a third co-host and I can say this much. I mean, Paige and I are engaged, so I'm not going fucking anywhere. <laughs> However, we've really taken that suggestion to heart, and we're going to be welcoming Meatball on as an official uh, third Ooh, co-host. Meatball! You know, he's, he's pretty quiet, but every once in a while, he'll chime in. He's um, sitting on the bed with us while we record, and Meatball, he'll he'll chime in if he has any thoughts. Yeah, so now they're officially uh, three hosts of that's a and also right. fuck that person that wrote that review how dare yeah, how dare you. you try and remove alex the only other host <laughs> if you are removed it's just me like <laughs> well i think they wanted me replaced with someone else oh man. well fuck that with who like honestly fuck off <laughs> <laughs> well you know what i feel like this episode's gonna be especially long maybe i'm wrong but there is just so much fucking shit to unpack like not like unpack but just so many great things about this episode and overall season two has just absolutely blown season one out of the water like it's like a mo- it's like a completely different hands down show don't you agree like the quality yeah. is just out the fucking I mean, roof I adore season two this and is I better was like, season one for me is like a six like it's interesting and it was interesting to discuss and like dissect in a podcast format but i never like really like loved it or even liked it that much season two i'm like hooked on like this is like an amazing show that i'd be watching no matter what and yeah a huge fan of also i feel like it's fantastic and i really mean this i feel like euphoria should be is more eligible for an oscar than most of the movies nominated for oscars this year noms this year fucking suck they really do so for many years so it's not a surprise i really think euphoria has a uh, I mean, actually, I'll, I'll say, I think they have it in the bag. I feel like they are going to win, like, every Emmy. Like, how could they not? What fucking show is better? Like, like literally nothing. <laughs> I mean, this is a good time for TV. There's a lot of good shows. But I don't think anything has been better this year than Euphoria. No. No. So, Emmys, here we come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, 
The theater and its double. Alex, does this title have any meaning? <laughs> yes. Um, or is it just literally like the play? I mean, I saw a lot of doubles. No, no, I wasn't so... like that drunk. Like there were a lot of doubles. Based on... Yeah, <laughs> it there... wasn't that tipsy. I don't think it's that surface level. Um, so based on my incredibly detailed Wikipedia research, um, <laughs> it's a the name of a collection of essays by a French poet named... Antonin Artois. Wow, Alex. Just, Great you pronunciation. Know I just absolutely butchered that pronunciation. Oh, wow. Um, you did Antonin your best. Antonin Artois. Uh, <laughs> anyways, he wrote a, uh, a collection of essays about the theater, and the general, um, the general conceit of his work was that uh, people need to think of the theater um, as a holistic, uh, sensual experience and need to appreciate the primacy of the, uh, the experience and everything surrounding it as opposed to more of a formal, like theatrical form. Um, Interesting. So he was, you know, about the, he was about the totality of the experience over following the established norms of the theater, I guess. Got it. Which Lexi Um, absolutely embodied. According to Wikipedia, he was about the urgency of expression over the complacency on the part of the audience. So in other um, words, he was all for Ethan jizzing all over the crowd. He attacked what he <laughs> believed to be an elitism of the irrelevant, outdated, literary-slash-theatrical canon. Did you hear me? Um, yeah. Yes, yes. Well, yes. you didn't comment. You just kept reading, and I'm like, hello, did yeah, you hear? Well, I just said, I wouldn't he be Team Perfect. Ethan? Yes, exactly. Great example. A big dick and balls on stage? Like, it sounds like this guy would have been about it. Yes, exactly. I mean, I think that that was what it was. This was a, uh, this play was a great <laughs> Out of example. body experience. I'm sure he would have, I'm sure old Antonin would have uh, loved this play. What's you his know? name? Antonio? Antonin. Oh. Antonin. Okay, Antonin. Um, yeah, he probably would have loved this shit. Wow. The theater and its double. I mean, it also has to be about, like, all the doubles, though, right? There are so many, like, I was getting confused. Like, I don't think it's actually a reference to. <laughs> okay. I wasn't actually getting confused. But I guess that is an, that's an additional, like, reference, I suppose. Yeah, like, I it guess has it, to be. It, it works on that level as well. Like, yeah, I mean, everyone, there's a, it's an episode of Doppelgangers. Yeah, which is great. I like, too, how after the, when you watch the behind the scenes little clip, you know, on HBO, how they were talking about. The cast was like super stoked to watch like their doppelgangers. Mm. That's cute because that would be really weird. Yep. You see like someone dressed exactly like you from season one, like playing your part. Yeah, and as we predicted, uh, Ethan is portraying Nate. I know, and everyone else, people. and yeah. everyone in the play, as well as like Suze and a photographer and so like, many, many other people. Others. Yeah, he was amazing. I love the beginning of the episode, how they did the little, like, overture. The overture, so classy. Love that. It was really pretty. It was, it was nice. Um, But yeah, overall, just like, wow, Lexi was typing away. She was missing, like, parties and, like, you know, she wasn't really hanging at the birthday party. She missed out on that, but she was writing this play and boy, did her hard work pay off. It certainly did. I and, mean, like, this was a smash hit. Were you laughing at that tweet I showed you earlier where it was like Euphoria would really be lying about the arts and their budget, mm-hmm. like, which is accurate because this play was like absolutely incredible. Yeah, this was a hell of a production. It was so good. Ugh. Yeah, but I think that that's kind of like one of the things that's made this season great is that, I mean, it was always present in season one that they would kind of like go off on these like fantastical tangents. But, yeah. Uh, season two's like really leaned into that hardcore. 
Um, and I think it's really worked in their favor. It's just given them so much opportunity to play with, like, the style and structure of everything. Yep. Um, and it just feels like it's, like, constantly, like... It's just, like, so fun to watch because it's constantly, like, evolving and... Maturing, in a way. But like, and yeah. shifting. Like, no episode is, like, any other episode. No, um, it's so well done. Like, the lighting, just everything. Every shot is, like, a piece of art. It's crazy. Like, the whole time I was watching this episode, I was thinking, like... God, to have, like, the, just the mind of, like, Marcel and Sam and to plan all these shots, I mean. Yeah, I think they did especially well in this episode with the way they were constantly shifting between the play, reality, yeah. and, like, memories and doing, like, those seamless shifts. Um, it was so hard so, to like, do. imaginatively. Yeah. Um, in such, like, fun, interesting ways, and it just, like, flowed very well. Uh, and it never was, like, clunky or, like, weird. No, never abrupt. It all, like, flowed so, so well. And there were times where literally, like, when I was joking earlier, like, obviously I wasn't seeing double, but, like, it was done so well in that, like, one minute it's, you know, Cassie, the next minute it's Cassie's doppelganger, but you don't even know because it just, like, flows so well. But this whole yeah. episode was just beautiful. I really liked seeing, like, the moms in the funeral scene where, like, they're at the house. Like, I thought that was interesting because, like, there's just so many different layers of euphoria that you, like, forget about. Even, mm-hmm. like, something as small as, like, Leslie and Sue's being in the same exact position. Like, single moms, unexpectedly. It was just, like, little moments like that. That's where, like, the the euphoria nerd in me. Like, my heart just, like, oh, like, I just love it because, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just well, love all the, the connections. Real, uh, I think the real, like, euphoria nerd moments here, uh, a lot came between, like, the, the Lexi and Rue relationship. Yes. Um, because you get a look at, like, this middle period where they're still, like, best friends and are still, like, hanging out and very close um, before, like, they've kind of drifted apart a bit. Um, but it's after the death of Rue's father when she's, like, getting into drugs and stuff. And that was an interesting look into, like, that period of their relationship that we really haven't seen before. Never seen. Like, in season one, you're almost like, how are these two even best friends? Right, like, like, how are they ever best friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're almost you like, I get it. Like, more like, they must have just been, like, best Childhood. friends when they were, like, kids. And so it was interesting to see them a little older. Yeah, and I love the funeral scene when she's in her bedroom reading her that poem. I just thought that scene was so sweet. Like, so, like, pure for Euphoria. Like, just a little moment of, like wholesomeness like but also like very like dark and realistic that it ends with lexi being like i realized i would never be able to comfort her as much as drugs and just yeah. being able to like recognize that foreshadow that. that at a young age is like crazy but like sometimes you just know that stuff you're just like damn like yeah like i'm not gonna help out here yeah but also also shows how mature lexi was from such a young age and like we've always said like such an observer but also like so far ahead of all the other characters in the show just in terms of like not only maturity but i i liked how in this episode we really get to see like her side of the story like what she was experiencing while all these other characters were kind of like living their high school life mm-hmm. lexi was really going through some tough shit and you don't get to see that in season 1 at all like if anything you kind of don't even think about her. I mean, you and I were, because we're, like, nerds for Lexi. Like, we love Maude. But just generally, she's very much, like, a background character in season one, I would say. Yeah, and I think one of the best, like, things about this episode, kind of on that same page, is that it challenges everything you already thought you knew about Cassie. I mean, she turned into a real villain this season, but last season, we never really viewed her that way. 
Um, and not to say that she's a villain in light of this episode, but every, like, she's completely recontextualized based yes. on this. As someone that was completely, like, oblivious to what was going on around her. Someone that, like, was unaware of what her sister was going through and, like, kind of uncaring. Yeah. Um, Which so is hard. The only thing that's hard life. about that, though, is I will say, like, having sisters myself... I do feel like, though, this is very common with older sister versus younger sister, which is, in all fairness, Cassie looks up to Lexi, whether or not she shows it. It's clear that she's always had in her head that Lexi has it together. She's but fine. Lexi's the older sister. Cassie's older? Cassie's older, yeah. Are Cassie's you sure? The sister. Yeah, Stop. they said it in this episode. Cassie hits puberty first, and Lexi's like, I was counting oh, the days. It my was like God. 430 days until like I was there. Like, Oh, wow. Cassie's the younger sister. Okay, I'm having a total like moment. God, everyone's going to make fun this. of me now. We everyone's going to slam me. We went through this what, in season one. You know what's funny is we did this yes. once in season one. We yes. said it, and I was like, no, I think I know. Lexi's like the younger sister. But in all fairness, the reason I think that is because Lexi's so fucking on top of her shit that I assume no, she... No, it's understandable. She takes quite literally... Like, figuratively, she takes the older sister role. She gives off old... She gives off the eldest sibling vibe. 100%. Not just because of her maturity. Just their relationship is very much how I see me and my sisters. Like, I'm the oldest of both my sisters, and... What I was going to say is a lot of times your younger siblings, without realizing it, can become selfish because they think that you just have it all together, everything's fine, but I guess that's not this scenario because, like you said, I was wrong. They're... I got their ages off, even though we just watched a the play about it. The the same, though. The one is more put together, and the yeah. other one is a little sloppy. Yeah, so know. she doesn't really, like, you know, dig too deep into her sister's life, because she just thinks she's got it all together. Little does Cassie know, like, Lexi's been going through it just the same, if anything. Like, same if not more. Yeah. And she doesn't have the privilege of acting like everything's okay and having everyone dote on her and, uh, you know, yeah, like, having, no. like, this, like, rosy worldview. Um, and, well, and she jokes, right? Like, the whole sitcom parts of this are, like, her joking about physical appearance. Like, Cassie always had it all. Like, she hit puberty. She has, like, she's got, like, the quote-unquote knockers, like... She's got all the guys going <laughs> like, after like, her. quote, unquote. Well, on the play, yeah, they laugh about it. But, like, you know what I mean. Like, she had it all going on, and Lexi, like, bloomed later in life. <laughs> Lexi had her braces and was kind of just, like, kicking it, getting mustaches drawn on her by Rune. Let's go. <laughs> that was pretty funny. It was, hey, we got to see the inspiration for the Bob Ross costume. We do. I loved that. That was so, like, creative and cute. That's pretty funny that it comes from that moment. I know. I really love that. Passed out. Full circle. It's also so funny that, like, Fez was, like, in her life before this. Like, I know. You kind of, like, get the impression they just, like, really, like, met at the party. You didn't really, like. Understand that. Yeah, you didn't really, like, grasp that they had, like, known each other, like, a little bit before. I think they all have, you know? I think that's what the season is kind of showing us, is that they all, like, have kind of intertwined at some point and have had side relationships. Season one just didn't, like, have to showcase all that, which is fine. Like, that's just life. But I also loved, um, I'm kind of, like, skipping ahead, but I did love when they showed... Lexi and Rue, like, when she they were trying weed the first, or Lexi was trying weed the first time, I think a lot of people, not you and I particularly, but a lot of my friends can, like, relate to this, where weed is just not for everybody. Like, some people just, like, it's such a vibe, it's peaceful, it can be an escape, it can be a high, like, quite mm-hmm. literally a high. For others, it's, like, paranoia, anxiety, like, 
It's just not a good bro, vibe. You just need to try a different strain, bro. <laughs> is that what people say? <laughs> That's like the classic joke. Is really? Like anyone that any stoner that hears that someone doesn't like weed is always like, no, bro, you just need to try like a different strain. Like you were just smoking like the wrong stuff. Like you should just try indica instead of sativa. It's like, like no, some people just don't vibe on it. That's fine. Like it's not for everybody. And yeah, also, right. I also think. If I were to argue my side of weed, my side is that sometimes you just have to be in another place in your life. Meaning, like, Mm -hmm. if you have a lot of anxiety, it might not be the time for weed. Or it might be the perfect time for it. It really just depends. Yeah. Or maybe, like, I mean, sometimes you just need to have, like, an appetite for exploration and, like, trying things multiple times and, like, playing with, like, your environmental factors to see if it, like, works. But, like, yeah, of course, it just might not be for everybody and, like, whatever. I just liked that they, like put a highlight on that though right. because i think a lot of times the the ideas around weed are like everyone should like it right. it's like this vibey thing so i thought it was interesting yeah. that which they... is why she probably wasn't uh, smoking with fez in the last episode yeah oh you're right so the stand by me scene i thought she was getting high but she probably was not yeah i don't no. think so i think she just no really she talked about how me. she really didn't like and it i think it feels very stand by me probably feels very personal to her in light of the play yeah especially since like they open it with the same line from stand by me about how like oh they did i didn't catch that the episode early in the episode they say like the classic line which is like when you're like 11 or whatever like you think your friends your best friends are gonna be like your friends for like your entire uh, life or whatever something it. like that like they're the best friends you'll ever have whatever I forget the exact Yeah, line, it's okay. But, like, that's the famous Oh, seriously, can you do your homework and know the lines of every part uh, of Euphoria, yeah, please? I know. I really am so <laughs> ill-prepared. <laughs> I love when Cassie comes down as an angel in that, like, circle thing. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty funny. It's so funny. Lexi did such a good job on this play. Like, it just so perfectly portrays every character and their flaws. Right. And that's a big reason why I like season two, because season two is very much like the like the suffering and like lampooning of the characters that are more like glamorized or idolized in season one. Yes, agreed. But also, can we just like take a moment too to just love Miss Howard's reactions to everything in this play? <laughs> yeah, I think the uh, the reactions of the different characters are very interesting. They are. Um, I but Miss Howard should have had wine in a bag at the show. That would have made it. Have. Yeah, that would have been true to character. It but, really um, would have. Yeah, I love that she's like hype on it. I also really liked the. I think it speaks a lot to Rue and Lexi's friendship that Rue immediately gets it. Like, there's no. I mean, the whole play opens with like the death of her father and like a very like personal, intimate moment. And she's never like put off the whole time. Rue's very like into it and like she smiles through like the whole thing. Oh, wait, the third co host has something to say about that. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on this? Meatball, what are you saying about Rue? What do you think? Yes, tell me more. Oh, okay. Right, the cool, co-host has exited. He, uh, he only chimes in briefly, <laughs> but, you know, there's a big impact. He said, I love Rue. Okay. <laughs> no, he didn't. Don't make him sound like a dummy. He's far <laughs> Well, anyways, yes, I agree with you. I thought it was super sweet and, like, so wholesome that Rue just the whole time had, like, a little smile on her face. Like, she really, it was very heartfelt. Like, I think she, I think, if anything, it was uh, showing, that once again, their friendship that we didn't know about. Meaning, I think, deep down, she was, like, rooting for Lexi, like, in mm-hmm. other words, maybe a part of her too, I don't know if you were thinking this, I was like, I bet, you know, sometimes you have that friendship in your life that you just like adore and love, but you kind of take it for granted. Like you don't really like see it for what it is. And then sometimes it takes a moment 
something happens in your life where you're like, fuck, this person's like so important to me. Mm-hmm. Like I need to be better about showing mm-hmm. it. I feel like that's what Rue was feeling. I've gone through that myself where like nothing's ever like gone wrong with you and a friend, but you just might have that moment where you're like, fuck, I need to be better. Like this is like someone that like is my ride or die, like mm-hmm. would be there for me through anything. And like Lexi's kind of showing that on stage. Yeah, um, I think it also just, like, kind of speaks to the fact that, like, Rue, like, really gets her. Like, Rue understands where she's coming from, and, like, Lexi was so worried about everyone, like, misinterpreting her intentions throughout all of this. And I think Rue immediately, like, grasps her intentions, and that they're not bad, and, like, Rue is totally cool with it, whereas everyone else is, like, wondering, and, like... Also, I think Rue, like really doesn't have much of an ego obviously given what she's been through so she's not really worried about how she comes off on stage as well which probably helps well Um, also they even talk about it when they're on the roof of the the gas station which is a super cute like little memory but rue says like my dad taught me like I, I forget the exact quote, so I'm going to butcher it. But, you know, where she was like, my dad said... He says, I'd cl- never want to be part of a club that would accept me as a member. Yeah, because then I wouldn't be, like, cool. So I feel like that's right. also, like, Rue's vibe while watching the play. Like, she doesn't give a fuck that it's, like, personal and stuff. Like Right, right, right. But, yeah, so love that. I also kind of love the little, like, Rue and Jules exchanges. I thought those were kind of sweet, too, because they weren't, like, angry or anything. But it was kind of, like, Rue was definitely looking at Jules to get, like... Hey, you seeing this? Do you feel bad for me? <laughs> well, I can not feel bad for me. It. More like, oh, like, come on, like, cut me some slack. Like, you know, I don't know. I kind of thought about it more like a lot of like what was being said on stage between Lexi and Rue. Rue was feeling in, like in real life in the moment towards Jules. Like, there was a lot of talk about like them being like best friends and having these like these friend like intense like lifelong friend relationships and yeah rue was looking at jewels during a lot of that so i think a lot of like what in the past applied to lexi and rue maybe as they're growing older is now applying more to uh to rue and jewels potentially oh interesting and that they were kind of like it's it seemed like most of the times when they showed that it was because there was some mention of like some kind yeah. of like deep friendship and they were like kind of i felt like they were like taking what was being on stage and applying it to themselves in that moment. Okay, be honest. What were your thoughts on the scene, though, where Rue talks about Jules in the bathroom and is like, I don't know, I used to think, like, she was my one and only. We were, like, this forever deal, and now, like, I'm not thinking that anymore. That really, like, stabbed me in the heart because I thought during the play, I thought Rue's reaction to the play was kind of in relation to how she was feeling about Jules, like you were just Mm -hmm. saying. But in the bathroom, she was kind of like, I don't know anymore. That yeah. makes me so sad. I don't know. I think it's, like, too early to say, because realistically, Jules didn't really do anything. Rue is just clearly still feeling bitter about the intervention, because she, I mean, she even called it, like, the bullshit intervention and stuff. So she's obviously in a place where she's very, like, bitter about the intervention still. So I think it makes sense that she's, like, talking about Jules in that way, but I don't think that that's, like, true. Like, Jules didn't actually, like betray her or do anything like so fucked up so i don't know that those feelings are gonna like really like hold over or are like serious or deep i think it's more like in the moment well let's talk about the cutest part which is also fez and lexi with their little cute phone exchange amazing like roller skate lamp her what obsessed with it she has that amazing lamp with that roller skate it's so cool Oh, I didn't even catch that. No, I was going to say the cuteness of the phone conversations between her and Fez. That's so, like... Yes, very cute. So intimate and sweet and, like, innocent, but I like how also Maude in the, like, after the show recap was, like, 
Fez and I have like a really chill relationship outside of this. So mm. it was, or Angus and I do. Yeah. So it was really easy to Tom film. Brown shows together. Looking fly as hell. I know. They're so great. Awesome. But I just liked that they have such good chemistry. And she's right. She's like, even in real life, we're like so different, but we're also so much the same. So it's like the same in Euphoria. Mm hmm. Yeah, it was really cute. I mean, she's just really using, like, um, she's really using Fez as, like, a sounding board for her, like, classic, like, artistic concerns. Like, every artist has the, like, questions about, are they good enough? Like, how will people react? Like, will, is this going to piss people off? Am I being true to myself? Like, you know, yeah. all, the, all the classic questions. And Fez is kind of acting as her, like, sounding board as she, like, worries about all these things and, like figures out the final form that her play is going to take and what to include and not include and but also he's like I mean, can you repeat role. that question again I <laughs> he's like hi he's like uh sorry can you say that again but he's so sweet but that's good because it like causes her it like forces her to like really like reconsider what the actual question is and what she's like truly concerned about in those moments and like make the tough decisions about what she's going to do with her project for sure i also I mean, I just absolutely died when Fez was getting ready for the play, which, of course, we're all, like, super scared because we have no idea what's to come, but... Adorable. I literally, I literally, like, squealed. his shirt for him. I squealed when he said, dude, I think... What did he say? He's like, I think I look handsome, or, like, he said something so cute. He was like, she said that he looked handsome, and he was like, do you think other people will think I look handsome? Oh, yes, you're right! Oh, my God, I, I literally, like, squealed. It made me so, like, overjoyed, but, like, so... Yeah, very uh, cute. I really, really hope that Faye does the right thing and comes out on the right end of this, because they've taken such good care of her, and she clearly feels bad about the whole thing. She does, because she's going close with them. They're Netflix and chilling, had, like, every day. I feel bad, though. I don't know. I'm worried, though, because she had her chance in the room with Fez to tell I know. him, and she didn't do it, so I'm like, woof. I'll predict. Know. My prediction is she won't save them but she won't like out them either i think she's gonna play the classic like middleman like pretend like she's kind of just you know we'll not see. pretend but just be aloof and be like fuck you know i'm we'll just see. kind of in or the maybe middle she'll, of this. uh maybe she'll flip on cusp maybe she'll be the hero i don't know she posted we'll a post today that said i put the hero in heroin i feel like maybe she's the hero in season Ooh, finale okay okay it was like a fashion post, that's but weird. I was like, oh, okay. I was thinking, that's why I thought this episode they might reveal that she, like, saves yeah. them. Because I was like, why would she I say that, know. you know? I don't know. We'll see. I know. Um, I also definitely want to point out the scene with Lexi and Cassie and their dad. I feel like that was mm-hmm. so perfectly done. Like, props to Sam for writing that part in because... Like we said earlier, it's so, like, crazy that in season one, that scene's so innocent. You watch that and you think they had a great day of ice cream with their dad. Mm -hmm. And then everything goes awry, like, a week later. But really, it was already so fucked. But we only got Cassie's perspective, which was super innocent and, like, daddy's everything. Like, just sad daddy issues. Which makes sense because she's, like, on display in this episode or, like, the full, like, extent of her daddy issues with Nate where she's literally, like, control my life, tell me what to eat, tell me how to speak, like... I know! Oh, it's so, so cringy. It's cringy, but it's also... It's sad, but it's It's sad, I was gonna say. I still have a ton of empathy for Cassie. Like, I will make that very clear. I will say it on the stand right now before fucking listeners come for my throat. I'm not... I don't hate... I'm still, like... 
I'm still here for Cassie. Like, I'm still rooting for her. But when I say I'm rooting for her, it doesn't mean I condone what she's doing. She's a piece of shit right now. She's doing, like, so much harm to so many people around her. Not just Maddie. Like, literally everyone in, in this episode has, like, been dissed by Cassie in some shape or form. So I'm not here for her. But I do absolutely, like, empathize with her situation. It's very clear why she's where she is right now. Could not be more obvious. And it is sad. And it's going to take... I thought, if anything, I thought in this episode, though, I thought, oh, the play's really going to, like, wake mm-hmm. her up. But she's not She's not woke. She is wow. looking like a real clown. There were some... Uh, she was acting like the Joker in the mirror well, when she was, like, yeah. smiling and then, like, crying. I was like... Which, by the way, amazing acting. Like, so well done. But also, like, she is losing her... She just continually loses her goddamn mind. There were a few, like, horror movie moments throughout this episode. That being one of them. Um, Nate, like, looking at himself in the mirror, but it's, like, the back. It's, like, he's, like, staring at his own back. Yeah, like, that was creepy. Um, super creepy. And then also... Very David um, Lynchy to me, too. Like, total, some parts of it. That was all, like, horror shit. And then also, like, Cassie at the end. Like, that was total horror shit. When like, she was, like, breathing through the window. Yeah. Yeah. Or the door like, window. Yeah, I mean, we thought she was gonna... We thought Maddie was gonna kill her. I think Cassie's gonna kill fucking everyone. She's about to go, like, school shooter on everyone. She really is. Like, she's She's fully lost it. And like I said, I thought the play, if anything, would kind of... I don't know. It makes me sad, though, because she got up and left, right? So it shows that she does have a heart... It's just really mm, buried. It shows that she's pissed. It doesn't necessarily yes. mean she feels it, bad about yeah, anything. Yeah, but I think... No, but I think she went into the bathroom crying... But then the mana kicked in. It's like, there, she does, it's like deep, deep down. It's so far down though now. Do you, she's so lost. Yeah, I mean, I don't think she's like pure evil like Nate or anything. No, but she's pretty no, but she's down. far past the point of like being resurrected this season. Like we just have to accept that Cassie's not like, she's not going to have this big comeback this season. <laughs> she's not even going to come close if anything. Yeah, she's right. going to be like, the person that we hate the She's most. She's obviously gonna blow shit up in the next episode. Well, especially when Maddie's once again being the knocking, uh, what is it? The knocking, knocking extremist. extremist on the door again. I was thinking that whole time, wow, we still, we still are gaining nothing from Cassie in terms of like remorse. Like we've, no. we're getting nothing. No. She could have taken that moment because Maddie said some After things that were deep really look at their friendship. It's also we're really like I said, Maddie is evolving like mm-hmm. so much because even in that moment, Maddie took the mature route. She was like, "This is not about me. This is about our fucking friendship." Like yeah, I would have right. never done this to you. Yeah. I also like that they showed they like once again showed that Maddie also is a character that's gone through a lot. Meaning like. They're like, she had to live at Cassie's house for a month because her parents were fighting and had, like, a horrible fallout. Remember, they showed in season one her dad just, like, a deadbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, there's a lot of history there. So this isn't just like, oh, you're homie at school. This is someone that, like, lived with you, like, was, like, a sister to you. Like, yeah. really, like, relied on you as family. And you did this. So this isn't just, like, some petty bullshit. This is fuckery oh, at yeah. its finest. Oh, yeah. Cassie's, like, just bad, bad. She's making Maddie I mean, look like we've... Jesus Christ himself. I know. We've <laughs> like... discussed it at length, but it just continues to get worse the more we see. I thought the scene was so beautiful, too, of um, Cassie and her dad dancing 
just all four of yeah, them as a family weird. dancing. It makes you sad because once again you feel dancing empathy. With Ethan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Another role. And then it flashes to Lexi and Ethan, which is hilarious. Yeah, that was great. But I, I just I liked it because yet again we just kind of see like how broken a lot of these characters are due to like their family situations. Mm-hmm. And even Miss Howard in the audience, like sobbing. Like it's just sad. Yeah, of course. I also uh, I really liked the scene with Lexi on a totally different note. I liked the scene with Lexi talking about how evil big tech is after having <laughs> after having worked in tech for like almost ten years. I'm like, yes, accurate. Like, Same. We both are working tech. Uh, yeah, I've avoided the major villains, but uh, yeah, they're uh, it's she was spot on. That's all. I'll yeah. Say Once that. again, more mature than everyone else sees the bigger picture. Even yep. though she's the younger sister, now I know. <laughs> yeah, we're not too far off from uh, Killer Robots. Yeah, and oh, I will just say it. I don't care who comes from my throat for this. I mean, Cassie's wardrobe and hair and everything in this episode, it's just <laughs> she, like, girl, you are not pulling off the Maddie look even a little bit. Like, Maddie no. really does like own that type of look. Like, she yeah, does. Right. But for Cassie, it's a no. It's a no for me, yeah, dog. Right. It's not working. Right, <laughs> it's right. just not working. I agree. Most of the time on Maddie, it's, like, not my taste, but, like, it's not, like, it's not generally, like, heinous. Every no. once in a while, I think she looks Las Vegas, but, like, But it Cassie fits her personality and her like, confidence. Cassie just looks, like, hot Awful. garbage. Like. Also, she gets, uh, when Nate's putting on that necklace, you even said out loud during the episode, we were laughing. We're like, so she's just gonna wear Maddie's Tiffany necklace? Yep. <laughs> She just doesn't care. She's I like, mean, Nate whatever. doesn't care. Like, this whole time, like, I've been saying Nate doesn't care about her. And, like, it, sure enough, at the end of this episode, he's just like, move out. Like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, it was horror for don't me. Care, move out. Of all scenes, can you guess what my most horrific scene was? Um, no? I was going to see if you no. could guess it. So, for me, pure horror was this really well done scene where Nate is making out with Cassie who then turns into mm, Jules yes, in the right. mirror. And that's creepy. Like, that look Jules has on her face, like, mm-hmm. it's really, like, she doesn't look stoked. Like, she looks scared. Yeah, well, it's like the recreation of the cow. I know. But I'm saying that scene was really, like, yeah, I have so many thoughts. I feel like we'll get more into that later because we have a change our mind that was submitted that kind of goes along with yes, that scene. Yes. So I'm going to hold... But I'm just going to put it out there. That, for me, was the, what you were describing when you say, like, horror David Lynch vibes. Like, that was really well done. Like, yeah, Jules in the mirror the... was creepy. I was like, ew, I hate this. Like, right. him ripping her tights and, like, all that. That was, like, that really was well the, done. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. So, other than that scene being absolutely horrific, I hate the flashes all throughout the episode of Fesco's chair. The show being empty. It just makes me, like... Ugh heartbreak i can't like i don't want to see the season finale because i'm so fucking That's, scared yeah right especially because we know from the previews of the next episode the cops do definitely not come. go well the so cops come they show like a, a fucking swat team entering yeah, the right. building and i'm sure it's not just somebody getting arrested like there's probably somebody somebody's gonna get shot so the uh, question is who's getting shot and are they dying or I think, well, is, uh, I think that's where we're at. If no one gets shot, I'll be shocked. Well, that kind of leads us into, like, the whole Fezco ashtray situation. And yeah. Faye. I mean, there's not too much to say about this. Custer's a bitch-ass. Ashtray is, like, as always, always watching. Um, I have to uh, I have to say, like, huge, uh, huge props to the actor that plays Ashtray. Because he really... Uh, 
he really brings like the menace like to be a little Uh kid who can intimidate like grown men um is like admirable i mean that's tough and he like absolutely brings it like he is like intimidating like he's also like a fighter in real life though like in his real life have you seen that on social media yeah yeah yeah. it's cute so maybe he brings some of that like mean face like fighting sit across the (laughs) the fucking table from homeboy and he was interrogating me like i would i would be scared like he is like an intimidating dude like so he does a really good job he's fucking menacing as hell like agreed uh, he's intimidating and he, we were joking that he looks like he's wearing a juicy tracksuit though <laughs> oh yeah he's always sure. wearing those little tracksuits like the like, sweats uh, like the click you know juicy yeah. tracksuit uh no punch bags <laughs> um but yeah he's uh yeah he does a really good job i mean he's a killer he fucking killed mouse like he killed a man he killed a big scary he killed the scariest character well, in all of season one scarier than nate and cal mouse was so scary and this little yeah. boy like killed him <laughs> i know and beat the fuck out of cal like and he's a baller a shit like but also can we talk about so i'm trying to understand so custer he threw something in the planter what was that just a recording device Custer's a wire working with the cops i know but was that like a wire or what the fuck was it i didn't see that but i believe you he probably he no probably he did just threw a mic he in there. it was it looked like a yeah it looked like a little like usb and he like right. threw it it's probably a mic i'm sure it's a mic he threw a mic in there. Well, he, he put threw his it because then the Faye table. looked at it and thought about yeah. taking it out or doing something, and she didn't. Yeah, and then that's right. why. That's when... why I'm like, yeah, I agree. But then I was mad because then Ashra gets up and has his knife out, and I was thinking, thank God he saw that he dropped no, something there, he and he didn't. He walked right by, and I was like, damn it. No, he didn't see it. Um, and you know, he puts his phone on the table, real deliberate, which is probably like recording or doing something. He's obviously like setting them up with the with the fucking feds, so. Yeah, oh, I just, I'm heartbroken when Fesco's, like, has the roses. Fesco's a real bitch, you know? They took good care of his girl for months. Like, they really <clears> set her up. They've been smoking her out, watching movies, and giving her sandwiches and Cokes and stuff. Like, fuck him. Fuck him for betraying He's them. He's dead to Fucking me. Rat. Absolutely dead to me. Stupid ass name, Custer. But yeah, I'm terrified for the season finale. I also didn't think that we were going to be left hanging this whole to be continued. I thought the season finale was going to be like, play's over, like, let's move on. Yeah, same. So I'm kind of like, holy shit, we don't even know what's to come. That's a real two parter here. I know, which is good. I like that because it's kind of like literally similar to the theme. They're like keeping on with like theater. It's like intermission, then we gotta, we've gotta fucking wait. Yeah, yeah. So if we have to wait a fucking week, this isn't like. This isn't like grab your popcorn and some cooks. It's like we actually have to wait a fucking week. It's gonna suck. Yeah. (sighs) So what else? What's next? I mean, I know we already. I'm going back and forth, but that's this whole episode is back and forth. But I, I forgot to mention. I really. This is so random, but I really, really loved Lexi being like hot and wearing that little dress and doing that walking along that revolving like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and being like, funny. hey, boys, hey. Yeah, like, everyone's like, ooh, shit. Yeah, like, okay, Lexi, like, let's go. <laughs> and that one guy's like, man, I really wish I fucked Lexi yeah. Howard in high school. <laughs> I thought that part was really cute. Yeah, I also funny. liked that they showed, um, I like that they showed Lexi behind the stage being super aggro and finally having a voice being like, 
like theater was her way of like mm. speaking her mind being like no fuck you like do what i say like the lights better be perfect or yeah. i'm replacing you like she really just was like she's a professional she's a boss ass bitch she's running a whole girl fucking, boss look she's running a whole play and you know if you're not like that with a high school play it's gonna turn out like shit you know you gotta be on these people they've got fucking steven or whatever up in the sound booth like blowing it with the lights that like, was really funny though she's like we're gonna replace you yeah, fucking she's like with who, that. and she's like with anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I love that. Um, savage scene between Leslie and Rue. Not like mm-hmm. I mean in a good way. Meaning, I think she's giving her what she needs to as a mother, which is t- a little bit of tough love. Like, even aside from like whether whatever she's giving to Rue, I think this is her stepping up and like basically being like, I'm not gonna be a bad mom. Like I, it's so like it's depressing, but she's at the place in her life where she really has to like you know take stock of things and view things in the most like objective like harsh like pragmatic way which is like i have two daughters i can lose both of them or i can lose one of them like she's really at that place like she's like military shit it's like we have to like cut the losses we have to like lose some men to like save like more men like yeah and also she's gotta lose she's gotta fucking lose rue to save gia otherwise she loses them both and i know it's just a flat out like hardcore business decision that you have to make and it fucking sucks but it's tragic but it's also like the minute she was like rue you know what you can do whatever drugs you want there is a light in rue's eyes like even though i know she's kind of like she knows her mom's just playing her a bit yeah but but there definitely is a little light like i can (laughs) Mm -hmm. like she's not like we said last episode my and maybe i'm wrong doing drugs i know but i'm saying maybe i'm wrong but i don't think i am (laughs) But I think this will continue into season three. She is not anywhere close to wanting to be clean. No. Although I think this might help. Um, I think this is a better tactic than she's been doing because I feel like Rue definitely relies. Rue's never really been like fully cut loose. She's always kind of had to push against something to do yeah. these drugs. Um, and I think that that's kind of like invigorated her. Yes. Obviously, she really loves doing the drugs. And I don't think it's like going to fix everything. Um, but just having the freedom to completely like do drugs and be like fully destitute really might wake her up to the reality of what that looks like when no one is like giving a shit and well it's kind of like the rebellious teen act like right you know what's your life like when no one brings you home and gives you like a bed and you're like really on the streets like you're really if you are living that life like you're really gonna be sleeping on the streets so yeah she's never really had that because there's always someone that brings her home and gives her like food and love and you know yeah. comfort also so petty and so off topic but what the fuck is leslie eating out of that little tin can it looks like oatmeal or beans like when she's talking to her were you <laughs> watching that it looks like no i thought it was ice cream mush no, no ice cream. it was out of like a tin can it looked like no. a campbell's soup can no, she was eating like sure ice cream no 100 percent. she's eating ice cream all right euphorians Come at us. Let us know what was Rue's mom eating. To me, it looked she like clam chowder cream. in a can, and Alex thinks it's ice nah, cream. Nah, she eating ice cream for no sure. No way, that stuff looked nasty. It looked like tuna in a can. Ew, no. I mean, well, I mean, not ew. Tuna in a can's delicious. I also low-key loved the moment of Maddie, like them portraying Maddie, and like Lexi and her kind of bonding for a minute. Not bonding, but like her kind of telling Matt, uh, her Maddie telling Lexi. The cooks is kicking in. <laughs> Maddie telling Lexi, like, how she goes about confidence, how it's, like, 90%, like, fake, pretty much. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she's not wrong. Again, like, 
Maddie, uh, Maddie does bring the hood wisdom sometimes. Like, she's not wrong. I mean, you really just, like, fake it till you make it is, like... Yeah. It's a real thing. It uh, is a real I thing. Mean, I mean, it's bullshit that, like, there's not a... That people can't tell the difference. The smart people can tell the difference between fake confidence and real confidence, but most people can't, so, you know, you'll get pretty fucking far. But like, I liked how she described Maddie. I just thought that was cute, because she was... She wasn't, like, harsh about it. Like we said, like, I think I think I thought going into this that she was just going to, like, drop the hammer on everyone and go, like, so hard. I feel like Lexi did this in such a tactful way that was, like, oh, in yeah. ways harsh, but not, like, conniving or mean. It was very, it was like, honest. honest. Yeah, it was just honest. Yeah, she's like, just being, uh, she's being a real artist. She's just showing things how, how they how are. They were. Like, all, you know, warts and all. The ugly side and the good side of yeah. everyone. And, you know, some people... Cassie and Nate can't fucking handle like being faced with like the reality of who they are whereas I think people like Maddie can see a portrayal like this and see like the truth in it and I don't think she's gonna be like furious at Lexi after this because like you know she doesn't come off looking amazing but it's a pretty honest portrayal and she doesn't come off looking horrible either do you think Sydney Sweeney's wearing a wig or do you think that's her real hair hmm Hair. I know it's so irrelevant, but oh my god, her hair is so straight and like scary looking. Yeah, I think real hair. You think so? It's so flat. I feel like it'd be hard for that it's to be It's like glued to like her so face. Flat. It's so flat. Yeah, right. Yeah, I just, I'm heartbroken over the Cassie and Maddie situation because I, I do feel like... Are you heartbroken, Paige? Are you losing sleep over it? I actually am. I <laughs> love their friendship. I'm just shitting on you, but... I love, no, I know. I mean, I'm you can sorry. shit on me all you want. Alex, you're being such a douche. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> you're Real being so condescending guy. right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. That's but all I do. in season one, like, I don't know. I just love, like, the carnival, like, how they're like, bitch, you're my soulmate. Like, we we're in this forever, like, kind of vibe. So, yeah, my heart yeah. breaks. It's sad. And I, I do feel, oh man, can I tell you, I think a lot of girls have felt what Maddie feels on the other side of that door in this scene, which is like, just pure betrayal. Like, if you ever go through this with anyone in a cheating situation, sometimes, like, what she said, it's the truth. Sometimes it's not even about, like, the act. It's, like, the emotions behind it. Like, the history. Like, it's... It, it was really... Mm-hmm. It's tough, like, if you've been through anything like that, to watch that. Because you're like, yeah, like, that's real. Like, I think I felt the most empathy toward Maddie I've ever felt in any season in this moment. Because... Yeah. Because she's like, you know, I haven't had the best life. And, like, yeah, Nate was a fuck. But, like, I liked him. I made a mistake. But... Why the fuck did you have to go in and, like, steal the one thing? Like, the one... But even then, she's... Like, it's not even like that. It's more like, he was so horrible and fucked up my life so much, and now exactly. you're fucking up my life Betrayal. with the person that yes. fucked up my life already. Yes, so like, bad. she's over Nate. Like, she didn't bring up anything about yeah, it being about right. Nate. That it just shows that she's matured, and I, I hope to God Maddie just moves on, like, fully. Like, I, it seems like she has... But yeah, I agree. But I you mean, get I, nervous, uh, right? But I think after the gun situation, I think she's done. No, I agree. I uh, In season one, I liked Cassie far more, and I never really cared much for Maddie, and it's very flipped in this season. I'm like, I'm pretty done with Cassie. And I think they've evolved Maddie's character in like a nice and believable way to be someone that's more interesting and complex than she was in season one. Agreed. But yeah, Sydney Sweeney for the Emmy doing this fucking like Joker scene in the bathroom. <laughs> I can't get over how creepy She's it is. Crazy. Um. So who else here is on the plate? We got a. Uh, we have a uh, cat. I mean, cat and Ethan. You know what I'll say about cat? I'm not gonna lie. 
So I know I don't like to, you know me, I don't love getting into all the outside gossip outside of Euphoria. I think a lot of it's just made up and like silly and for press. Mm -hmm. But I have to say, I feel like Kat's character overall, so boring, not interested in her at all as a character. And Mm -hmm. if you think otherwise, chime in. I could not care less about her character this season. Not because of... Barbie's performance because of her like lack of even being in the season A yeah, and be like just even her parts in the season though that she is in I'm not like I don't care like I don't right. I'm not interested like she's just being kind of dickish she's yeah. clearly like kind of trying to be Maddie's like BFF and it's just yeah I think it's like I feel like they gave her so much depth season one I really related to her like the self-confidence issues the like mm. overeating when you're like going through all this shit like not loving yourself I feel like they dropped that fully this season, and now she's just kind of like, whatever. Like, she just, to me, is so, like, background. I think they gave her an anti, like, character arc, where instead of, like, developing, she just regressed. Um, She obviously didn't get as much screen time as she had in season one, or as deep of plot lines. I don't find it, like, unrealistic or unbelievable, um, but I can Really? I feel like they really focused on her so much in season one that I thought for sure there'd be a lot more this season, and so I can't help but, like... But this is a thing people do. A tiny bit of me, though, is maybe the rumors are true. Maybe she blew up with Sam, and then it caused, like, a, okay, we need to, like, you know, change this a bit, and then maybe they disagreed with where the character was. I don't know. I'm just saying I really mean this, and maybe I'm totally wrong, and I'm okay with being wrong. I get a vibe that she's not into this season. Like, even the behind the scenes when she's talking about it, she doesn't yes. seem as excited as she was season one. She's very like, oh, Kat was interesting to play this year. Yeah, I mean, I And don't... Bailey says anything, and I'm like, what? No, I don't disagree. I don't think she seems into the season. She's obviously been, like, a little bit sidelined, and her, she gets, like, an anti-character arc. And yeah. for me, the question is, like, what is all that, like due to the story at large i don't find it like i said i don't find I'm it not, like, that mad about it but I'm i just... think she's in a place where um i find it like very believable that she got like involved in this weird fucking like put on the party city cat mask like and you know Cam dance World. for the diaper pay pigs online <laughs> she was always kind of cruel in season one like i mentioned yeah she was um so i think like i, I don't find it unbelievable but i can understand why it's frustrating from a fan's perspective to not get more out of her from this season than yeah. her going back to like those ways after like getting what she thought she wanted Yes. Um, and I, yeah, like, I can understand why that's frustrating. And you know why I it's frustrating, it's like... though? And I don't mean to say this, but it's like what she said about in real life about everyone always talking about her body and, like, it's never about, like, her, you know, like her personality, what she brings to the table. It's, like, always mm. commenting on these outside things. So I, I don't mean this in a bad way, but I feel like it is weird that, like, more of her story isn't, like, addressed in this season because I felt like it was so strong, season one. And it was mm-hmm. putting out a lot of good messages. Yeah. So I almost feel like they're like, well, that was boring, right? Like, she doesn't like her body, and she's, like, has all these problems with her weight, so let's not, like, let's silent that for a minute. Like, it's not that entertaining, where a lot of girls, like, could really benefit from, like, getting a little more from, like, her story arc this season. That's just my little, like, pedestal speech on that. I guess what I'll say is I think, um, I think it, I don't have a problem with the storyline, but I agree that it could have been handled better. Um, if this was the character, or if this is like the anti-character arc she's gonna have this season, 
it should have had more screen time and been more fully developed and yes. fleshed out. That's all I'm asking. Just a little um, more. I don't need like a so full episode more... on Cat. Do you know what I mean? I just need yeah, a little more though. Have, like it feels, it's a little jarring for how much screen time she got in season one to have that like sidelined as much. Uh, and I think that they could have easily worked in like a little bit more yes. to make it like more, uh, more believable. Even if this was the direction they wanted to take her character. It yes. should have been more fully fleshed out. I I'm not say. out here with a torch picketing so mad about it. I'm just saying I understand it. We're like, McKay, we joke about it and we think it's funny. But I'm like, it makes sense that McKay's out. He's in college. Move yeah, on. Yeah, right. But for Kat, it doesn't make sense. Because she was a big part in season one. And she's still, like, very I much agree. involved in the friend group with Ethan. Like, so it just yeah. feels a little off. So part of me is like, fuck, were, were the rumors true? Was something going on that we don't know about that's made this like a thing? I don't know. I just think it, it, I agree. It should have been given more screen time. There should have been more, just, there just should have been more. Yeah. I agree. But that's all I've said. But, I mean, uh, yeah. I just feel like we've gotten like three scenes with Kat and right, I'm like, that's right. it. <laughs> and, all, and all it really amounts to is like, wow, she missed out because Ethan's about to win a Tony. Like. Yes, but not only that, even that, I was going to say, even that, w- when it comes to her character, why didn't we get any scenes of her reacting to Ethan's performance? Why didn't we get any close shots of her being like, fuck, or even just like excited or anything? Well, I mean, she probably, I mean, at least the way that they've read her, she's so apathetic about Ethan. She doesn't really yeah. give a shit. She did him so dirty with the breakup. That's true. She doesn't care. I guess. He's I don't like know. nothing to her, which is sad. Like, okay, but that but, is like okay. the way they portray but, it is that this season she's completely uninterested in it. Not him. to continue this conversation on and on and on. Like, I'll end it after this. But, but you just said she's apathetic, blah, blah, blah. But then in season one, we see her at the prom, right? She treats him like shit and then she feels horrible. She's like crying. They have that cute right. kiss. So that's what I mean by, but is she really apathetic? Like, I feel like they really redeemed her. You were like, oh my God, cute. Like, she, like, really does love him, and she feels bad, and, like, and I just felt like they did her dirty this season. Now it's like, oh, she just sucks, and she just has a brain disorder, and she's in three scenes, and she eats goldfish on her bed. It's just like, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like they didn't really give her any any kind of boost. It's a it's a flaw in the season. I agree. Yeah, I don't think there's a way flaw. around it. I love the whole season, but I will say, like, I saw it. If Barbie, if the rumors are true that she, like, was mad, I'm there with her. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Well... No beef. So, very minor, but Maddie gets a gift from her nanny woman, whatever, Minka Kelly. Mm-hmm. Um, does that mean she's done? This was just, like, a summer job. She's done. Oh, I don't know. I don't, it's, like, I don't really care about this. They've, they've done nothing with, like, this No, I think it was cute. I think it was just her, yet. like, ending the job. She was sad to tell the little boy. It wasn't about Nate. She was, you got that from that, right? She was like, I don't want to tell him I'm scared. She was talking about the. I think she was talking about her son. Like, I don't want to tell him that I'm not working here anymore. Like, oh no, she's cry. leaving town. Oh, what? They said Maddie was leaving, like East Highland. Like, she's going away. That's why she's telling her, like, I'm going away. Maddie's got like some plan. Oh to, like, wow! Leave town. What do you think? Like a. I mean, unless I completely oh, misinterpreted her class here, senior. Unless right? I like wildly misinterpreted that scene, she was telling the lady like, "Hey, I'm like leaving the East Highland. Like, I'm going away." Like, yes. I don't know where she's yes. going or why. I don't want to assume she's going to college because I can't imagine she got into college. But, like, she's has some plan. Hey, 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 right? hey, don't say that. Fake it till you make it. She could, easily could have gotten to some <laughs> great college. I don't know if you can fake the grades, but maybe, you know, I guess. Yeah, Whatever. I know. But, yeah, I feel you. Um, I just meant, I guess she quit her job because she was talking about saying goodbye to the little boy. I assumed she was dipping because she's like, fuck Nate Jacobs. I'm done with all that. 
Like, yeah, where do like you she has no family holding her there. Yeah. Her best friend just betrayed her. So I I understood that scene as her being like, I have some plan to like dip. Like I'm out of like this whole town. And I'm her and Cassie are seniors, correct? I think so. Yeah, so that would make sense. Meaning like she has some plans. Right. Yeah. We don't know yet, but she has right, some plans. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I mean, should we just wow. go into the amazing scene that is Austin Abrams, aka Ethan, just slaying this hero scene i mean amazing like obviously iconic like absolutely iconic and to see nate squirm in his fucking chair i'll cheers to that cheers to nate feeling like a fucking idiot yeah no it was amazing because it's the first time we ever see nate embarrassed we've never seen we've seen a lot from nate we've never seen him embarrassed very i mean very rarely he was embarrassed by daddy at the chili cook-off even then, he was he was in rage mode though. Is I think he was kill, more. Is he gonna kill Ethan? He was more. I'm like angered. I don't know if Ethan considered the risks of doing this role. Like, oh, I, that's I, a good I, point. I appreciate how bold he was in taking this on, but I'm like, oh my god, is he gonna die? He's fucked. <laughs> Not actually. I don't think. I think Nate won't do anything. But like, no. But but, but I do, you'd have to think twice about doing that role and being like, oh my god, is this guy gonna like fucking kill me? I know. But I will say, like, you're right at the chili cook-off, but he wasn't embarrassed. He was enraged. He was, like, I'm, he choked Maddie over it. He was yeah, angry. Right, right. This is pure, like, pussy, like, behavior. He's in his seat, gonna... like, oh, oh, like, squirming, like, uh, like, afraid because everyone's laughing and pointing fingers at him. It's like, yeah, bitch, see what it feels like? You've been bullying everyone your whole fucking I life, know. and now everyone's laughing at you. And I'm sorry, but that's just karma at its of finest. It is. I wonder more if he's going to come for Lexi. No he empathy. Was obviously, so pissed. He broke uh, up with Cassie over. He's like, "That's your sister. Like, get the fuck out of my house." Oh, good. <laughs> I would love. You know what? I would actually, honestly, love Alexi Nate face off. Alexi would own his ass. Of course. I mean, he can't touch Alexi unless he has a gun. I mean, that's scary. She's too smart and too like normal. She should show up in her Bob Ross outfit and be like, "Try and fuck with me." So while we're on the topic of Nate, I mean, I was we were both planning to save this until. Uh, change our minds bitch but i think this is too uh too significant of a (laughs) plot point to wait till then for um so i guess we should address this now uh which is the uh the nate jacobs dream sequence mirror sequence situation yep do you want me to read what our fan wrote in yeah so we had a fan write into us uh with a theory prior to this episode about this uh, which we will now read so, this fan said, Marsha made specific reference to Nate bringing her water in bed and then telling her he loved her and kissing her, but then stated that while he told Cal he loved him, he never showed him the physical affection by kissing him. I thought that she was hinting at a fear that maybe Cal had been sexually inappropriate towards Nate in his early childhood. Note, Nate's extreme discomfort at this conversation, especially around this point. He doesn't look hurt about the conversation in and of itself, but the particular subject matter. So. Yeah. I mean, uh, at the time I read that, um, I thought, you know, we really haven't had any hints prior to the last episode, I suppose, about any kind of sexual abuse between Cal and Nate. Obviously, there was a lot of other abuse, so I didn't really think of it that way. And I thought, you know, we... uh, what we know about Cal so far doesn't indicate anything of that nature. When he found out that Jules was underage, he was kind of upset about it. He was, like, actively seeking out underage people at that time. No. Um, so I didn't really uh, see it that way. But obviously in this episode, 
that does seem to be the case because Nate's clearly having nightmares about being abused by Cal, like very, which is like, I mean, it's pretty unambiguous that you don't like well, throw that in there casually. It's like, also there's, there there's reason, more. So. I didn't even realize this fan also said, then I thought about a few other things. Nate's weird and unhealthy relationship with Cal. Marsha saying Cal didn't want Nate to get therapy. If he had abused him, then this mean, then this makes sense. Nate's reenactment of putting his fingers in Jules' mouth like Cal has done to her in the motel room also could have been a reenactment of what Cal had done to him as a child. Mm -hmm. His obsessiveness with the tapes makes sense. So I'm just going to end it there because this fan goes on and on, which, by the way, thank you. Like, the detailed responses are amazing. We really, like, appreciate the dedication. And, like, honestly, like, I I will be so transparent. Alex and I read this. Did we not immediately dismiss this? We were like, that's, like, not true. Like, we, like, appreciated the dedication, but we were like, we don't think this is it. Yeah, like I said, I uh, I think all those things are easily explainable based on Cal's just, like, unsexual abuse of Nate, plus Nate finding, like, the tapes early on and having this sexual fixation on Cal. Um, so I didn't, like, think too much about it, but it does... Uh, but, like, yeah, absolutely, they definitely got this right. I think the... The reference in this episode was completely unambiguous. Like, yeah. I would say that it is essentially like fact now that Nate was sexually abused by. Oh, you Al. think it's fact? I feel like it could be a fever dream, weird thing, or it could be fact. I'm kind I of on really both ends. I don't think you throw in something like that unless it's unless insinuating it's like, something. Yeah, unless it's like you know, this is your Agreed. this is like, hey, here's your hint, like at what's really going on. I can't imagine a reason why you would throw in that scene and have it not mean that, it would be, like, wildly confusing. I also think that, like, I guess if I were to say, we've said all along, right, what is going to make us break and feel any sort of empathy for Nate? Because so far, Alex and I have felt none. I still feel none. Literally none. (laughs) Just kidding. I know, but, like... Just kidding. I'm I'm sure they'll drop some Nate episode next season that'll, like, make our hearts break for Nate, but I... uh, I agree, but I'm I'm saying, you and I have said multiple times, there's nothing that's going to, like, break us. Like, we hate Nate, he's evil... We've always just said he's inherently evil, but now if this comes out as a real, like, if it's fact that Cal abused him, I mean, we can still have our thoughts, meaning we don't, we're not going to, like, love Nate and all of a sudden stand him by no, any means, not. but you're going to have a different perspective and it's going to be heavy yeah, of shit. Course, things develop, and I mean, it seems like they may be developing in that way, which would lead Fuck. any regular person. I hate that, because we were, like, pr- I mean, I, I was loving Cal's backstory, I was, like, here for it, so if that's the case, I'm going to be, like, fuck yeah i mean we'll see but that seemed pretty unambiguous to me which is uh it's i mean i it just feels unfortunate because they made me kind of like cal this season and now i'm like well if that's really the case like fuck him obviously i know Um, it doesn't mean nate's not evil but obviously you feel like significantly more sympathetic towards him of course if this is the reason why he's evil okay but it's like like any criminal meaning literally nate is a criminal he's held a gun to a girl's head so i'm saying like it's like any criminal right you repeat crimes from your trauma it doesn't make you like a good person or mean that like we should now feel bad for you but it does give you more insight that's all it is yeah crazy. so wow uh good job fan shout out for sending us yeah, that oh, you were you were on the right track and it showed in this no, episode they read that they read that 100 percent right respect Oof. so i think we just have to end on this epic scene that is ethan who deserves an absolute tony award Fuck performing yeah. this fucking amazing, amazing routine Love it. we've got the dick the dick of the, the punching bag and the, the two descending like... dick with the <laughs> yes. crucifix. Um, a lot of uh, 
bumping and grinding and sexual of, tension uh, spraying of water on i like the confetti for the jizz too like whenever like he's like when he's when the balls come out there's just like jizz that goes everywhere it's yeah just... i mean this scene's hilarious and i like when lexi's backstage like literally like jacking off in the air like yes 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 when he's doing like the jizzing moment it's yes. like so good so fucking funny um, and, and it's also once again done in good taste meaning like it's not like evil or mean or like necessarily bullying but it is calling some it's calling the bully out it's like fuck you you've literally fucked with everyone in the school so now guess what we're gonna make fun of you and i love when ethan's like what he's what does he say he's like my pecs like they're so big and strong right <laughs> he now was like, like can you oil up my back like i can't reach because <laughs> my pecs are so big <laughs> that so was funny. so good and also like Shout out to Austin Abrams. Like, I will say, like, I Amazing underestimated. Work. Amazing work. I underestimated I his it. acting. I will say, like, I'm the first to say it. He's done a couple films outside of Euphoria where I've been, like, <laughs> like kind of, like, uh, fault under our stars type vibes. Like, he does, like, he a lot of Netflix. In, uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Oh, he was really good I mean, a, a minor role, but it... You know, no, but he was good, good in that. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, but you know what I mean. He's in that Lily and what that yeah, Christmas uh, one that you hated, Lily and Dash or whatever. Oh, Horrible. But I will say, like this, this like episode alone, I'm like, wow, Austin Abrams brought it. Like he, was he fantastic. did fantastic. Like, and I love that for like not getting a ton of screen time in the previous episodes, he comes out so strong with this scene. Yes, like amazing. Like I'm glad that he hasn't been like fully sidelined because this is great. Like we've yes. always liked Ethan, and I'm glad that he's still around, like doing yes. interesting things on the show. I also like when Lexi went backstage and was like, "You ready?" And he was like, "Yes, yes, 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 yes!" yes. And, like yeah, went crazy because yeah. that's so like nerdy theater kid like i knew people in high school literally like that like going on to put on a play in front of like 50 parents it's like calm down <laughs> but it's also great well like, it makes sense for him because he's got to play some like roided out jock you know yeah and it's also like you know what you know me i've never hit on theater if you're kids about i mean to play nate jacobs you better be like fucking barking like a dog like some fucking psycho absolutely like, you know? but as someone who loves like high school musical and all this shit that you don't like it is like I will always say I always have a soft spot for theater kids because I feel like they are like the underdogs. They're like the Lexi Howards. Like they want to like revenge of the nerds shit. Yeah, that's what I mean. And they like put out their passion. They like let out all their like emotions on the stage. Like leave it on the stage. So I was very happy for Ethan. Yeah, I mean the, we stand the Ethan. What a king! Thing about the whole scene is Nate walking out and calling it homophobic. That's such oh a yeah, funny... he's like Cassie, stop laughing. It's like what, what do you say? Such... Everyone's laughing. It's so homophobic. That is such a funny one-liner coming from Nate. Like, I mean, first of all, it's a hilarious one-liner at all because what is like more like pro-gay and like a giant like dick a giant like musical number to like i need a hero full of like oiled up bods and like dicks and stuff like this is like um this is like what well he, he said that though obviously you realize he said that because that's something a jock would say a closeted we always say like not of course we don't even know like and honestly nate might not be gay but that is like the comment of someone who would be closeted like it's just hilarious. I knew guys I thought that were jocks that and that now are gay and like open and cool about it. But in high school, they felt so insecure that they'd like make fun of it. I felt like that in that moment where he was just like, everyone was laughing like, that's so homophobic. It's like Nate, you missed everything. It's like, like this is what gay, like gay people love this shit. The stereotype is that gay people fucking love theater. And, like, I know this stuff like not just a- theater, but like dancing. Like you said, like 
oiled bodies like grinding and like having fun and like jizzing everywhere like this right. is great this is like a gay man's dream yeah right it's not homophobic like no. fucking like this is like gay celebration yeah, <laughs> on right, stage exactly like, at its finest yeah it's just a, like a but they classic. put that in there because that's like a jock response to something of like course. this like instead of addressing like oh i'm mad because this is about me they have to put it on like something he's else he's trying to be like righteous yes and stuff. it's like dude you're just mad because your life you're is literally so homoerotic like, yes football and your life and your locker room shit and all your like masculine shit and honestly all, like, insanely homoerotic and honestly like nate like you're hot so like if you're gay like please come out because like He's obviously, like, his dad. He's, like, everything. He's, like, I know. I know. I shouldn't, like, joke about that. Like, I'm not. I'm not. But I'm also, like, kind of am. Because I'm, like, if you're gay, like, fuck yeah. You're hot. Like, you get so many dudes. He's not that. I mean, he would get a lot of dudes. But he's not that hot. Yeah, his personality sucks, too. Oh, he's hot. But his personality. Eh. Nate Jacobs. Eh. (laughs) (laughs) He's just, eh. But... I mean, he has good taste in women. Are you kidding me? Maddie and Cassie? Woo! Fire. Uh, what about Jules? And, oh, are you kidding me? Jules is the top. She's the top of the pyramid. Yeah. Wow. What an episode. Epic. And then we end on Cassie heavily breathing through the door, Mm -hmm. fogging up the glass. hot breath. Looking like an absolute psychopath. Vengeance in her eyes. Which is funny. Hatred in her heart. It's so stupid. And I hope... What what is it called when you kill your sibling? What? Like the you know it's like infanticide is like killing your child, like matricide is like killing your mom. What's it called when you kill your sibling? When you kill your sibling, it's murder. You know what I mean. There's I a actually word don't. Specific for killing your whatever. Think Never about mind. it, Alex. Ponder on that thought. Yeah, well, she's about to kill her sibling. <laughs> I know. I was gonna say maybe next episode. Do you think we're gonna get a Lexi Cassie throwdown, or is it gonna be more Maddie Cassie type vibe? They did show a little sneak peek of like Cassie and Maddie going out on stage. Oh no! I think it's gonna be more. Uh, I think it's gonna be Lexi Cassie. Oh really? They showed Maddie and Cassie fighting on stage though. Did you see that though in the sneak peek? I think Cassie's seconds away from walking on stage and confronting Lexi. I think that's like imminent. And if Maddie's involved, it's because she's trying to like protect Lexi. If anything. (sighs) Okay. Any other predictions? I feel like we have to say predictions because it feels so crazy. But oh my goodness, next week is the season finale. That's crazy. We've waited two like literally two years for this and we're already here and it just went by like in a snap and i'm i'm mind blown i mind blown i can't even speak i'm so mind blown (laughs) i'm so mind blown (laughs) (laughs) i hate myself i literally hate myself (laughs) Uh, i sound like cassie (laughs) anyhow uh predictions i have none who the fuck knows this whole season's been like anything goes i uh, know euphoria in general is kind of anything goes somebody's gonna get shot at fez's house i guess that's my it's prediction. gonna be fezco i don't know what the hell else is gonna happen or it's gonna be ashtray and like i said i put out there that i think it's gonna be ashtray and then fez will have to deal with like him dying i Here's, think, I think like... it's if fez if it's fez, if fez gets shot he lives if ashtray gets shot he dies that's agreed agreed okay right, i'll i'll agree on that 
And either way, it's going to suck and be sad. And I guess according to you, Maddie's packing her bags and leaving, so maybe she won't even be in season three. Maybe she's like, bye, bitches. I've got better places to be. Yeah, I really wonder that. I mean, obviously, like, a lot of... It's very common in shows that, like, right before the finale, a character's going to dip, and then something happens, and they're gone back in. But I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe Maddie's like, I'm on to bigger, better things. Like, see you, bitches. Like, she kind of got, like, the maturity arc this season where she's like, this shit is not for me. Yeah. My best friend betrayed me. This lady I look up to revealed that she's really not that great. Like, maybe it's time for her to, like, dip. Her boyfriend's a fucking psycho. I will say, too. It wouldn't not make sense. A lot of, like, fans have been really pissed that, like, Jules hasn't been as much of, like, a huge character in all this. I would disagree. I think everything's been done so well and so naturally that, if anything... I'm left in this season finale going, oh, wow, I thought this whole season was going to be yet again like a Ruin Jewels-centered show. I kind of like that it wasn't in that, like, it really, like, explored everything. Mm-hmm. I think it almost would have been, like what you said, predictable. Meaning, like, mm-hmm. every show, whenever there's a couple that, like, we all stand, they tend to just hone in on that and everyone else gets, like, pushed to the side. Yeah. I kind of liked that we explored everything, so I will say... Moving into season three, I kind of like that we're going into the finale not knowing really anything about Rune Jewels. We don't know where they're at. We don't know where they're going. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, we're not in a place right now. We're not in like a strong place where I can even predict where they're going. I'm like, I right. don't fucking know. Well, one thing season well season one did very, very well was set up a lot of interesting characters, a big cast of super interesting characters, and they made you like they gave you enough enough depth on these characters to make you care about them. And then season two has said, like, here's, like, what happens with some of these characters. Yes. And that leaves a lot of, like, interesting room for what happens in season three and beyond. Um, so I don't have a problem with it because we have either. such, like, a deep background and they've kept, like, certain storylines going significantly enough. So even, like, stuff like the cat thing, it's like, even though she got super sidelined this year, maybe next maybe season, season three, she's, like, they a go huge hard. part of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but that is one thing that I will credit season one with doing very, very well, was introducing, like, a big cast of characters and really giving you enough to care about all of them. A lot. Which is hard to do. Really hard. And I will say, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know. I don't know if the finale will tell us where Rune Jewels are at, but I think, like, what you just said about season one, I think they also did a good job, though, of really convincing you that they have, like, a very deep connection and love that, like, Mm -hmm. really is just different, and I think... I, I pray and hope that they will, like, be together forever because we all want that, right? Like, I don't think anyone... Yeah. I don't think there's one person in the world that doesn't want them together. Oh, there are. There's people that hate it. There's people that hate Jules. There's people that hate Rue. Well, okay. Well, they can fuck off because yeah, I'm sorry. I love them. Yep. All right. Well. Whew, other predictions? The only other thing I'll say is I, I really... As far as, like, Rue and, like, her drug relationship and all this shit going down... I don't know if that'll come up at all because the season finale seems to be mostly about the play and stuff. I hope she goes down a path where she wants to become clean, but I don't think we're there yet. And I think season three, if anything, we're going to just see more like turmoil, but that's Mm -hmm. just my prediction. We'll see. Yeah. That's where more of like Lori and like the, yeah, that's what I mean. Like we can't, they're not just, Euphoria is detailed. It's like, they're not going to kidnap her out of her suburban home. But next season, if Rue's cut loose and living on the streets, yes. like, she could really yes. easily get wrapped up in that. And show. Sam's not the type to just leave plot lines behind. Like, we're gonna get, like, something yeah, of that. Yeah, right. This bitch wasn't introduced for no reason. Yep. So, scary. 
But yeah, woof! Right. What wow. an episode! I need a hero. Yeah. Ethan <laughs> yeah, gets right. the Tony Award. Okay, okay. Superlatives. <laughs> Paige, All right, let's give go. me your best dress. Best dress for me. I'm gonna have to say Lexi just because she like ran the play. I liked her funeral dress, even though it was like sad and depressing. I liked her dress. I liked all of her outfits. I thought she her makeup great. was cute. I just yeah. she played so many skirt, roles. The cat skirt was money. Oh, the cat skirt was amazing. Yeah. And when she was like hot in that hot pink dress, and she said it smelled like shit behind stage. That, yeah, was, that funny. was funny. It was yeah. cute. I think technically I have to give it to Lexi, although I appreciate Fez in the suit. Actually. Yeah. No, I'm just going to give it to Fez, um, especially because he opted for no tie, which is like the classic David Lynch look, which I also appreciate. And, you yeah, know, I talk with that myself. And um, he looked and you know what? White shirt buttoned up to the top with a suit coat and no tie is a move. And you know what, Fezco? Fez you heard taste. it here first on that suit fork. You indeed look handsome Not to everyone. Ditch the tie. Yeah, he looked good. All right. We're stressed. <laughs> Oh, you go first. You're like Cassie. laughing like you know. Oh, yeah, duh. I mean, she looked insane. Awful. <laughs> Almost the whole episode. Awful. Her hair was so scary. Cassie, I hate it like all. doing Maddie is like so bad. Like the bra, the p- the hot pink bra top in the hallway with that skirt. How it was just she bad. Away wearing that at high school. I mean, I know it's you. It was funny when Maddie was like, "Well, she sure looks the part." Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, Bay. Lexi, Bay of the episode is Lexi. Yeah. It has to be. Although Ethan is a close second. He really brought it. Oh, you're right. Star. God, it is split. I think they both... It's I got, think it's fair to say split, even. Yeah, all right. That's fine. Okay. What about the uh, the good old big purple dirty rat bastard? Cassie. Yeah, Cassie. 100%. Duh. Just the, the, the pure disrespect for her relationship with Maddie. Disrespect. And this is Lexi's big night, and she's once again all focused on her fucking self. Yep, totally. Victim, 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 victim. Disrespect tired for her of sister. it. Disrespect for her best friend. Just useless. I'm tired of it. We all go through yeah. a lot, Cassie, but you know, fuck up, little camper. <laughs> Ditched by Nate at the end. Kicked out. And just that scene Classic. was so creepy when she was like, I'll eat whatever you want. I'll say whatever. I was like, all right, I'm out. Oh, I like stand Sydney Sweeney, but I'm not Team Cassie anymore. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not Team Cassie. All right, what about the class clown? Class clown. I mean, once again, Lexi. I feel like her play was funny as fuck. Class clown for me is hands down Ethan. Primarily for his portrayal of uh, Mrs. Howard. He's oh, you're right. That was and amazing. so good. Having him play her is like perfect and hilarious. And He's so well great. done. What a good idea. Yeah. I wonder what sparked that idea. You know what I mean? Because they could have gotten anyone to do that. No, it was great. He was perfect. It was so good. All right. What about the song? song oh mine was or you go first because i have to pull it up i forgot the name of it so i was about to go with um let me see i need a hero (laughs) i'm just kidding okay i'll say mine first mine was more by bobby darren the song that cassie and her dad are dancing to because i thought Mm -hmm. we didn't go too in depth on that scene but that scene really like was a tearjerker for me yeah just because like I don't know. Like I said, you don't ever get to see like her experience of what she went through with her family and how she reacted to that. And it, it really broke my heart to see like a young girl be betrayed by her dad. Like her dad literally abandoned up and just left Yeah. and poor little Lexi and look at her now putting on this fucking play and slang. Oh, yeah. So, yep. 
Well, mine was about to be The Word Hurricane by Air, which is from the Virgin Suicide soundtrack, um, which is amazing. Until the fucking credits hit, and then I was like, I know this song. What is the song playing during the credits? And I couldn't find it anywhere, and I fucking figured it out, and it is The Cannibal Holocaust Theme by Riz Ortolani, which is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. It's the grimiest movie to ever be made. It's so grimy that in the 70s, the director had to go to court in Italy to prove that he didn't really kill the actors in the movie because it was so grimy. Are you Everyone serious? Yeah, it's about it's the first You talk about this all the time. I refuse to watch it's it. It's the first found footage movie. It's the idea is like this crew goes to like the Amazon to like film cannibal tribes and everything goes wrong and they get killed by the cannibals and eaten and it's all like found footage. Um, and it's so the effects are incredible it's from the 70s and it all looks 100 like, percent real do they it have looks, like a good budget or is it more that it's so no, it's raw grimy. And like it's so low uh, budget. they really went to the amazon and filmed with like like local tribes in the middle of nowhere and ugh, everyone saw I couldn't it watch and thought that. the actors really they thought it was a snuff film and the actors really were dead because the effects are so good and it's so gnarly. Wow. And the score is great. The song's super good. So why do you think so that... So is that, that the song. only... But are you saying the song was used in that movie? Or is it's that the like... Theme. It's the theme. It's the Cannibal Holocaust theme. That's the name of the song. It's wow. And it's the score for the So movie. do you think Sam's into that shit? I could definitely see him being into it. He's so into... Like, it's obvious that he's way into like, you know... I feel like you and film. Sam having like beers would be like the best moment ever. I feel like you and Sam have so much in common when, when it comes to, to interests. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I would love to talk to him. He clearly is into like really grimy, weird like, yeah. horror movies, which is all I'm into. Yeah. And he's, he's really just... Yeah. I feel like his personality from what I know, is very similar to yours. I feel like you guys would get along so well. Putting the Cannibal Holocaust theme in a major HBO, like, show production about, like, teenagers doing drugs is incredible. Like, who would do that? Love that for you. He just, like, won me over as, like, a massive fan for life just for that choice alone. I love that for you. Amazing. All right, Euphorians, it is time for Change Our Minds, Wow, God. Burr, 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 Change burr, burr, our burr, burr. minds, bitch. Jesus. I said it right. No, not you, me. Alex. I'm, uh, I'm sick, and also, so you know, like, please forgive if I've been a little slurred. <laughs> I know, poor Alex. more slurred or sloppy than Alex usual. Alex has had this, like, you know? awful cold for, like, four days. It's so. not COVID, thank God. No, it's not COVID, but he's been really sick. Though. He's sick, but he's here still drinking and doing this podcast. So. Still drinking, so please excuse if this has been a little... I mean, you have to drink for Lexi's play. We yeah. have to. I mean, we were a little amped for the play, too, so... So the first one that's up, a fan wrote in, love the pod, you guys are great. Thank you. That's way too nice. Disclaimer, this is not my theory. I saw it on TikTok, but I felt like I needed to share it. So we know that Nate is 18 and he's the oldest sibling, or no, fuck. So we know (laughs) Nate is 18 and the oldest sibling is 25. That is a seven-ish year difference, allegedly. So... The missing brother is most likely the middle child and Nate is the baby. Could all be bullshit, but thought it was still interesting. Stay euphoric. Yeah. Love this. Wait, love this like email that you sent, by the way. So thank you. We think you're great. Also, 
this is a very interesting write-in. Not only do we think you're great, I also think you're right. And I feel stupid a little bit for never having, like, looked more into this. But here's the background. Like, they show the, the Jacobs family portrait. And there is a child, the middle child, who looks very, very much like Nate. Well, not just like Nate. I said this too. Looks like the act, the the kid looks, actor that yes. plays Nate looks in the show much. in season I, one. I don't know whether it is or is not the exact yeah. same person, but it looks very much like the actor. I guess if you really wanted to do your research and go that deep, like a fucking loser, you could figure it out. However, <laughs> but this we person haven't. makes an incredibly good point. Which is that, yes, we know for a fact that Nate's older brother, Aaron, is at least 24 or 25, and Nate is 18. So that's a six to seven year age difference. And when you look at that family portrait, the person we always thought was Nate and the the oldest brother are not six to seven years apart. No. Most, they're like four, maybe. Maybe three. They look very similar in age. If I had to guess, I'd say two or three. And that's interesting. That so changes this, a lot uh, of our theories. I don't know that it changes my theory about a killing. I mean, it does seem weird that the youngest brother would kill a brother significantly older than him. So I guess it kind of throws that into a fucking yeah. loop a little bit. But a lot of I thoughts. do think that this person, assuming that the like you know the production department planned everything and did every executed they did. everything. I'm sorry, right, but they did. Sam so far has proven like. Yeah, I think I'm sorry, but other than this one photo that we joke about with a little brother, there is nothing in Euphoria that's fallen through the cracks. Well, I think the photo nothing. must be right as well because Cal. They made a point to have Cal take it with him in this season, so yeah, the, there's no way the portrait could be wrong. So not I'm only is it not wrong, of... Sam's taken it into thought that like this has to be a storyline. Right. So even if like they didn't plan on it being a storyline. There's been so much talk about it that, like, during COVID, Sam was like, I have to write in some sort of, like, storyline. So, I have to... All I can think is that this person's right. I think Nate is not the middle child. I think he's the youngest child. I don't think he killed his brother. I think maybe the middle brother was abused like Nate was and killed himself due to Cal's abuse. It's crazy that we're having to even contemplate Cal being an abuser to his kids. That's crazy. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's he not abused, unbelievable, it but it doesn't seem like he abused Aaron because he seems so like fine no. and dandy with everything. But maybe he abused the middle kid and the middle kid killed himself. And you know, there's a lot, a lot. It throws a lot of this theory throws a lot of appreciate things I thought, this person like, writing this in. Yeah, I the, all I can assume based on. The evidence presented is this is why we do change our mind, bitch, because I want to be thrown off. I want to be like, fuck. I haven't really seen many other people call this out, so I don't feel like this is super widely known. I feel like everyone just assumes Nate's the middle child. Agreed. And it's never said, it's not factual. Great call out. All right, our next one. Our next change our mind. Oh, well, this fan opens with this is not a change our mind, bitch. But I believe that two episodes ago, you guys were talking about Angus Cloud's live tweeting of the Runaway Root episode. You read that I think you read one that I think went right over your head and it made me laugh so hard when I initially read it. He said something like my mama would have smacked the orange out of me. And Paige said, what the hell is that even supposed to mean? Which I did say that. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't understand either. No. So Alex and I, in other words, last episode, we did not understand the joke. So this fan wrote in. He was talking about his gingerness, his orange hair. I was dying, just wanted to share so that you could enjoy the joke as well. I'm enjoying the joke. I did not know that 
the smacking the orange out of me tweet had to do with Angus being a ginger. Yeah, good call. I uh, I don't really also think I of often him forget that Angus is a ginger. Yeah, I forget. I don't think of him that way, but he obviously is. His so, head's yeah, always right. shaped, so we like, don't think of it that way. Right, they're totally but he's right. a ginger. Great call. I would never have like I didn't really think about it, but yeah, you're right. Like a funny, know. silly change your mind, but like that. you did change our mind because we did literally were so stupid we didn't know the joke. No, we were like yeah, totally. we were thinking it was a prison suit or something. We were laughing. We were like, what does it mean? I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> well, thank you I for maybe he was Dutch and it was like a like You didn't change our mind, spirit. you like you like uh you educated our minds we've opened our minds you educated yeah to the fact that that uh angus is secretly a ginger okay so it was not secret he is a ginger (laughs) okay next one so this one also isn't really like a change of mind but it's it's interesting enough that alex and i were like wow this is complex and this person really like put a lot of thought into this response and so i just wanted to read it because i think it's it's worth reading on the pod. What do you think, Alex? Anything else you want to say Maybe before I read it? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay. So, this season's theme, I believe, is giving each character what they think they desperately want, which ultimately represents their deepest flaw. So, then she goes to list examples, or this person does. Rue finally gets jewels and drugs, her flaw is addiction. Cassie gets male validation from the most popular guy in school, daddy issues. Lexi finally gets to be the protagonist of her own story. She never takes action. Cat begins a relationship with Ethan and finds love. Self-esteem issues. Nate gets to forget about his dad since he left. And Maddie gets to cosplay as a rich girl boss in a massive mansion. Her flaw is passiveness. Now that everyone has what they want, they realize that it's a shit show. Drugs are obviously bad and destroy all relationships. Being loved by Nate is the equivalent of getting run over by a car and the driver spitting on you. (laughs) The play is going to cause massive drama directed at Lexi, which she's not used to handle. So we'll see how she handles that, which I guess we will see in next episode. Mm -hmm. And the rich lady, this is where the change your mind starts. Maddie works for, I believe is going to turn out to be super fucked up. It goes on from there, but I, I want to just like end it there because it's a really long response, which thank you. I appreciate once again, like all the thought and, you know, like the time you took to respond to us. So I really appreciate it. But for time's sake, I'm not going to read it all. But that being said, Alex and I both agreed, although this wasn't like necessarily changing our minds. This was like a good overview of season two, mm-hmm. which is great for like the last two episodes. Yeah, I thought that was a... Uh definitely insightful i think it <laughs> oh meatball thought so too the oh. third co-host agrees chiming in um no i think that's actually uh very insightful i think especially for the characters mentioned there it really does apply um and i think it kind of goes in line with another theme that we've brought up throughout the season which is that like a lot of characters this season are really like reaping what they sowed getting their comeuppance yes. um yeah, I mean, 100% agree. What does Rue want? She wants to do drugs and have jewels. She gets it. It turns out horrible. Yep. Um, Cassie was the daddy issues that, like, yeah. she wants love. She gets Nate. Like. <laughs> yeah, and it all turns out horrible. She alienates everyone in her life and loses Nate. Lexi's um, was, she said it was, like, the play. Let me bring it up again. Yeah, I think Lexi is still a TBD. Lexi definitely, I agree that Lexi. Is she said Lexi she finally wants. gets to be the protagonist in her own story, but she yes. never takes action. Yes, agree. And I think the only TBD there is we'll see if it works out good or bad for her. Maybe. Meaning, I think this might work out 
I hope so. Lexi. But uh, we don't know yet. And also, to be fair, yeah, when this fan wrote that. in, she hadn't seen episode seven. So right, right, right. she was call. on the right track. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think this is a, I think it's a really great point about what, like, kind of the over. She also said Cap begins a relationship with Ethan, are. finds quote unquote love, self esteem. Yeah, right. Ditches Ethan. Not Maddie either, cosplay but... as a rich girl boss in a massive mansion. I love that. <laughs> yeah, the only thing I think about that one is I feel like everyone is really read into this the the woman that she works for as being like this weird shadowy character and i think it's almost just okay but i'll more agree simple than it is i think it's yeah. like really i don't really think there's anything super weird going i don't on either this lady i think it's just kind of i also think we learned like the camera value. thing ended up being nothing all it meant was she gave her a gift of the dress meaning she saw I mean, her she on knows, camera like and well they're also rich rich it. people have cameras everywhere i nannied in malibu and trust me every nanny job i ever had in malibu they had a camera in every room so it's like that's normal if you have money you have cameras so i don't think there's any like extra layer of story there yeah i think that's one thing that some people have really latched onto is that being like some weird dark shadowy thing with this couple and i think it's kind of just as simple as it looks i think they're just a rich couple that she worked for and she got a look at what a like a life she could have she could be the like the passive woman, like yep. trophy wife who kind of gets everything she like wants on the surface. And guess what? That pool scene was important because now we've learned we've got more depth into Maddie. And when that yeah. woman revealed, like, oh, I fucked over my friend a bunch in high school, but I'm better now. Yeah. I think Maddie kind of like was turned off by it. I think if yeah, anything, she was like, oh, you did. Like she was kind of like I was looking up to, and now like I'm kind of like what? Right. I think she's kind of had to reevaluate like what she Her wants thoughts. and believes. Yes. And so I think that that was kind of the purpose of that relationship and that it doesn't necessarily extend further beyond that. Well, there's still one episode left, so maybe some creepy weird shit's going to happen and I'll be yeah, I'll look like maybe. an with egg on my face. But right now, I think that that was just kind of more surface level than everyone I agree. It. it served that purpose for her character and not some weird, like, dark, twisty thing. Totally. And not to, like, we don't need to go on and on about this, but I will say Minka Kelly, who plays the woman, she was only slotted to be in one episode. Sam continued her mm-hmm. to be in a couple more. Mm-hmm. So if I were to say anything in terms of, like, will this be a thing... I mean, I, I'm like you, I do not think so, but if I were to think so, that would be the only reason why, because why is she Mm. in like more than she needed to be in? Maybe it was to tell a bigger story, but we don't know yet. But anyways, at large, I think that's a great insight. I think that's a very, uh, valid, well-articulated thought of the season. Um, and it, it showed in the play, like I said, this was written in before this episode dropped. So wow. Like that. We had to read that because that kind of just showed what we saw on stage. Yeah, great call. And it's a good, uh, I think that's also a great use of that, like, theme on Sam's part. It's always interesting to give characters what they want and see what happens. Yeah. um, That always makes for, like, interesting storytelling. Like, all these people are always driven by these motivations. What happens if everyone gets what they want? Yes. Most people don't turn out to be as happy as they think they will be. And that's uh, what happened here. Wow. Well, I mean, amazing, amazing, amazing episode. I will cheers to Lexi Howard yet again because this play was just so good. She did such a good job. Our life should be... First of all, our life blows Oklahoma out of the fucking waters. Fuck Oklahoma. Fuck Oklahoma. Cheers to that. Cheers to Ethan being a hero. Yep. Uh, I will not cheers to Kathy. Kathy? Kathy. (laughs) Fucking Kathy. We might as well call her Kathy. God, at this point. Yeah. Such a mess. No cheers to her. Um, 
season finale is coming up. Euphoria's oh One my fucking left. god. All right. All I will say though is yes, we have a finale coming up, big and exciting, but we might have more coming after the finale. So stay tuned, mm. keep listening, and mm. thank you so much for your thoughtful responses. We just love it. We love that you all are as passionate as we are about the show. Yeah, absolutely. And also thank you for all the like the love and the reviews. I know we brought up like a salty one earlier, but we've also had people say like incredibly flattering things about us that are it's just completely insane. undeserved by just so undeserved us, us idiots in our apartment. But uh they are insanely flattering nonetheless and hugely appreciated. So Yeah. Appreciate it because just like everybody sincerity. else, we're just getting drunk and having fun talking about the show. This isn't like serious. It's just for fun, you know? Yeah. So All right, cheers well, to that. Go. You know what we say. That's, That's so, so euphoric. euphoric. And see you next Tuesday. Like today's episode? Great. We love that for you. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a podcast review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever the fuck you listen to us weekly. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at so underscore euphoric for all the euphoria updates you could ever possibly want in your life. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out, bitches.